Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse, Hida, and MJ. In this week's episode, we're going to be discussing Netflix's fifth film, the 2016 satirical comedy Special Correspondence, starring Ricky Gervais, Eric Banner, and Vera Famiga. Each presenter is going to start off with a round the table fast flicks, but before we do that, welcome, boys. Good to see you. Good to see you, Jesse. Good to see you both. Looking forward to having a chat about this one because I think we might have some varying opinions on it. It's good. It's good when it's like that. It is. It is. It's good. It's good. So um, we're going to go around the table. Each of us is going to do a quick 30 second summary of the film. I'll kick off things today. So for me, Special Correspondence is about a cocky radio celebrity thinking he's king of the world. He's summoned to take a job in Ecuador and decides to take the sound engineer with him. The engineer loses their tickets and passports, so they set up a studio in the restaurant across the road from their work. They con the public into believing they're in Ecuador before they really go to Ecuador and are really taken hostage. They return home and live happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> I love my happily ever after endings. It's a good, it's a good little summary. All right, Hater. Um, all right, so a radio journalist and his technician are sent to Ecuador to report on a rebel uprising. Whoever lose their passports and tickets before they make it to the airport. Instead of telling their work, they hide out in an apartment across the road from their office and pretend to report from Ecuador. Things get out of hand when they end up faking their own kidnapping. Good. Very similar. I wonder why. We yeah. have to watch the same movie. <laughs> watch the same movie. <laughs> well, MJ is more subjective at Fast Flicks. Um, I have to have a flavour of my own opinion in always. Ricky Gervais and Eric Banner buddy up in a relevant comedy about fake news and working remotely. A likeable cast and an enjoyable storyline result in a generally satisfying hour and 40 minutes of comedy, sprinkled in with some welcome drama and a nice lesson in not letting a lie spiral out of control. Good. Good, yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I, must, I, I knew nothing about this film before I watched it. And I tend to, I tend to do that with a lot of these films that if I haven't seen them on, on Netflix and I know we're going to watch them for the purpose of this podcast, I don't want to know much about them. So it got mm. to the point where they got to the um, airport when they didn't have the tickets and like, oh, we don't have the tickets and I'm thinking like, oh, how are they going to get to Ecuador now? Yeah. Like, what's, <laughs> what are they going to break into the country? And then you know, it sort of kept going on and they were brainstorming what to do and I'm like, well, they got to get to Ecuador. Like, that's their yeah. job. And I didn't realize that the whole film was about them not actually being in yeah. Ecuador. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I quite enjoyed, I quite enjoyed that little twist, but I'm sure if anybody had to watch the <laughs> <Twitch>. trailer, <laughs> if you had to watch the trailer and even if you had to probably read the synopsis, <laughs> you might have just read the two line summary on IMDb about what the film was about. I, did, I didn't know that well, was going to look at the film poster or any, <laughs> any of those things probably would the work. film poster has them missing in Ecuador and I was like oh okay so maybe. well they're standing in New York City oh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't read that much into it. <laughs> two, two New York guys yeah. lost in Ecuador <laughs> oh, good so um, what, is, what are some things we, we learned about this film or some things that we've, we've discovered well uh, yeah well it was a it was a remake of a 2019 French movie of the same name 20 what 2009, the last name. 2009. They're making it next year. 2009. 2009, apologies. 2009. I'm always getting the dates wrong. So, yeah, well, can you tell me what it was in French? What's the title? Um, it was the uh, French... The Shell Correspondent. Yeah, I'm just giving you a setup. <laughs> I, did, I didn't actually look to see, or maybe I can say this, and went, nah, you know what? It's just a French remake yeah, that, of the same name translated in French. Yep, I'm, yeah, I'm horrible with French. Wee wee. Um, <laughs> anything else we'd, we'd like to talk about? I, I always had, had was uh, that Netflix bought the rights for about $12 million. Okay. Got some mm. budgets there. Yeah. Mm. Bit of cash. Um, yeah, what about you? Ricky Gervais was actually um, pretty pumped to do this, and I think 
historically a lot of the work that he's done has been kind of on those smaller fringe channels because it gives him more of a license to do yeah. what he wants to do. Um, so he he's kind of talking about Netflix as being seeing the return of the auteur, um, basically the writer, director, the star. It, yep. It's his vision. Um, um, at the end of the day, he said he liked the fact that there were no middlemen. Um, there was no one that was trying to make it more commercial. Basically, the sky was the limit and it, it came up to him and what he wanted to do. So... Um, it was pretty clear that it was touched by him pretty closely on all fronts and yeah. be interesting to see how that does keep developing with the sort of films that Netflix pick up yeah. because I'm sure directors would love that kind of absolutely process. yeah and I think also um, that, that I guess that and um, and Ricky was a big part of why Eric Banner started in the movie I was reading an interview that Banner did and he said that if it wasn't Ricky DeVette that approached him then he probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah, right. It was just, he, he was a big fan of Ricky and when he kind of approached him about, you know, he's the writer, director, actor, he's going to do it with him. Banner went, yep, all right, I'm in. But only pretty much because it was Ricky Gervais. Yeah, right. Um, it's interesting because, you know, he's selling this on Netflix, allowing him to do this, but you look at people like Jordan Peele who get, you know, use um, small studios like Blumhouse to be able to put what they want in a film, do what they want in a film. Even you look at Bradley Cooper, um, mm. who's mm. been able to write, I don't know, write the screenplay, direct, star in A Star Is Born as well. So, um, you know, maybe it's not just Netflix at the moment that um, are allowing people to, to take on that sort of yeah, role. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I think it's big. They're, they're all kind of following, I guess, the, the Clint Eastwood kind of role. He's yeah. kind of really, in the last few years, really started doing, you know, all of that. And he's been doing that for yeah. years. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing I, I saw was um, so in the office for the in the radio um, the radio studio office there was a wall of employee photos um, <laughs> yeah and I had um, Finch's photo was a headshot of David Brent um, from the office, yeah. the office he's cool. actually done alright to shake that tag because like Ricky Gervais is is um, David Brent like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, he can't do anything else and, and it's fine because he's, he's, he's brilliant at what he does I think he's hilarious yeah um, critically this Film bad. Copped, copped a bit of a bag in. Wasn't great. Very negative. Very negative. I, 18% I, on Rotten Tomatoes. 18. Yeah. 18. I read quite a few uh, reviews kind of in the last week from critics who were all just saying just it wasn't funny. I disagree with them completely, but it, it got slammed, yeah, by the critics. I, I tend to agree that, you know, when we get up to some favourites of the scenes, <laughs> I'll, I'll do my rankings again based on how many laughs I had in a film to but tell I you whether I think it's a comedy. This was more than just a laugh out loud comedy, though. There was more mm. story to it. There was, there, was a, yeah. there was a different feel to it. It wasn't mm. like the Ridiculous Six that tried to make you laugh yeah. at every single opportunity. And, mm. and and Ricky Gervais does have that dry, awkward he sense does. of humour. Yeah. You're not going to be, you know, falling over mm. the ground laughing. So yeah. I think it's... I, I was really surprised by the critics though so was I, I yeah. again I didn't know anything about the film before I watched it I didn't know anything about the consensus after I watched mm. it when I was reading it I was um, yeah I just maybe people like to go a little bit hard on um, these sorts of films though. I think they do as well yeah. yeah what about the characters were there any that we really liked or didn't like I loved Frank the, uh, the character that Eric Banner played um, thought he did a really Real good job and just really love that character. Um, one one thing uh, was his accent. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it really, I thought it really chopped and changed the first half of the movie. I thought the second half of the movie, kind of, he, he really 
he settled into it. In his groove. But the, the first half of the movie, um, he re- it, that really kind of changed a fair bit through, from scene to scene, I thought, the accent. I did notice that. Be- besides that, I, I really liked Frank's character. So this is a real character-based it is. film. Yeah, um, massively. If you don't like either of the two, Frank or Ian, you, you're not going to like the film. So probably one of my biggest criticisms of the film as a whole was the distinct lack of character development throughout the film. Um, and I thought Frank specifically, as we're talking about, he's such a flawed man at the mm. beginning of the film. Um, and they really they really set it up for him to be able to change his way. You know, he's this real arrogant uh, reporter who sort of plays by his own rules, doesn't yeah. have any close friends, rah, rah, rah. But nothing actually happens to change that. No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> and you, you, you kind of get the consensus that him being exposed to the the sweet, kind Ian Finch is mm. going to rub off, rub off on him a little bit. Um, but it, it doesn't happen. And I think um, the second half of the film, Frank actually slips into being the second fiddle character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he's still that same charismatic, arrogant rock star. And even at the very end, he walks off the plane and he's the one just waving mm. to the crowd and speaking to the into the mic and you sort of sit there at the end and go nothing you he also does this. I guess in that scene he highlights no, the, the real hero the real hero yeah. here is Ian Finch uh, but is that like <laughs> is that them as filmmakers just saying hey we've developed this character he's good now because he's acknowledged yeah and then, <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't there was nothing role. in the film that. but then why get him up on stage to say Ian's the real hero right? to, to me getting him on stage was just to me, nothing's changed. Yeah. He's the one that's... The, I get that. So why does he just say, oh, I, I saved us. I get, this. Well, I guess also... I guess a in, there was a bit of a something. In terms of that, you know, Ian is also the technician who doesn't, you know, do the public speaking stuff, whereas obviously Frank is a lot more confident in speaking. So you get him up there because he's yeah. the speaker, um, you know, to... to to do the interviews whereas Ian obviously isn't as um, as good in the limelight I guess who, who is the main character of this film because they set it up really strongly to be frank you watch that that opening scene um, I, with him I think yeah, in. Frank's is the alpha but I think it is you know Frank and Ian are the two main characters I think you know they try and make it as much 50-50 as possible while always showing that there is an alpha so there. Finch in the first probably half an hour basically only appears in the film as part of Frank's story. You're following Frank around, and when he crosses path with Finch, he's in it. But when he's not, he's not even in it. But then by the end of it, it just changes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this is Finch's story about his mm. development, about his wife. And um, and I, I found that a bit strange. I think as, as film goers, you get accustomed to certain ways of yeah. understanding what the director's trying to tell you. And I wasn't quite sure what he was trying to do for, for a lot of that um, and it, it it just felt a little bit clunky to me yeah yeah. They, and I feel like they did a re- like the start part of the setup was about how bad Ian's wife is as well as a, as a character like mm. the, the, the setup from the start included her I hated that you hated her oh, Vera Vermega was fantastic she played a great role I thought character just hated her <laughs> of course did, like which is supposed to though I, I thought we might get into this a bit later but we're here now like why were why were they together in the first place that, I know they set it up that she's going to screw him around and it's yeah, okay that was the like bi- that was a big thing for me is like I don't see how those two get together it never added up to like it, it was kind of like you know they they met and like she moved here with him because she thought Gold he, digger, yeah. yeah he thought that he was going to make it big yeah but it, it never happened. So yeah, re- really kind of did. Yeah, she yeah. just wanted to ride the coattails, and then through those coattails, get famous herself. Obviously, it showed. You know, she wanted to, you know, do all these singing and stuff like that. But yeah, that kind of just relationship in general is kind of like it just doesn't it feel work, like it. it would ever happen. 
Yeah. I um, Her story for me, because she was very much a bit part early on, mm. but her story yeah. just dragged on. Like The character was set up really quick, really simply, and then throughout it she became more and more prominent. Um, but we never learned anything new about her. But yeah. they just kept they kept drumming in that message of like, really, yeah. Really could have cut out a good 10, 20 minutes. That, to me, that it, was the one part of the her. movie. Yeah, I think the ones that really annoyed me her her song. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Ridiculous six and this and both got these. <laughs> her song we've got to make these connections. We got to make these connections. Her photo shoot. Both of those scenes I don't think were necessary to be in there. Really could have cut out a bit of time there. By taking out, you didn't those. learn anything new about it. You no. knew that that's how she was, and I, that's what she I didn't was understand doing. why the photo shoot was in there. Yeah, like you already knew about her like that. It just seemed really silly, and I'm like, straight away, I think you know, this movie as a whole, I, I enjoyed, but it did drag out a little bit. Straight away, there you can cut that scene straight out. I thought, yeah. Did what you did you think of the characters, Jesse? Sorry. Um, oh, two characters I really wanted to talk about was the the Mexican. Good. Movie. I'm glad we we're going to get there. <laughs> We have to talk about them. So, America Ferrera, most of us know her as Ugly Betty. Um, so, I actually, she was in my IMDb because I reckon, remember her from Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Traveling Pants, Pants. Yeah. Yeah. Both, I both don't actually remember ever watching her in something. I've not I seen Ugly think, Betty, no. but I have watched both like, Sisterhood of the Back in the day, she was good in Ugly Betty. And um, Raul Castillo, the, her partner in it, he was... Domingo. Brigida and Domingo were their names. See, just those names are, like, so stereotypically, like, <laughs> ridiculous. Like, so... Um, He's from this TV show on HBO called Looking. Um, it only lasted like a season, um, okay. but I recognised him straight away. I really liked that show. It was about like a um, a group of um, gay guys in San Francisco. He was fantastic in that. And to me, to see these two playing these roles, they're both better than that. I actually thought that would. I thought they were very funny. Yeah. I, thought, I, thought, I, thought, I thought they were very funny, but yeah, it, I guess I can see what Jesse's saying. It was kind of a bit. Yeah, what are you doing here? Like, and they made him out to be so stupid, yeah. so stupid. Like, and you know what? That's a hard role to play. Yeah, and they did it really they did well. It really, I, 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 I why do we need? Funny. Why do we need these funny. two people to be like? Uh, like that, was, that was comic relief. Yeah, but, but, but anything else? Ricky, I found this, funny. Ricky's supposed to be the funny guy. Yeah. So why do we need two people to provide com- comedic relief when he's supposed to be the funny character that you're supposed to be laughing at? Yeah. All right. But I, I thought they were they were bit parts. They needed they needed that kind of character in there to, to help hide them out yeah. and why not make them funny and, not sure it would have worked if they were serious characters probably yeah mm-hmm. probably not but like I don't know did you even need those do you even need those characters like I thought they added to it and I they, thought they had great chemistry with each other I really enjoyed them they yeah. provide so I had two laughs in this film <laughs> only two in an hour and 40 minutes or whatever it was, was I, it, I laughed twice was it when they were shouting out the Spanish words correct that, that was really, <laughs> that was Real really, Madrid Julio <laughs> Iglesias that was hilarious that was fantastic that was one laugh shout out some Spanish words that was, that was brilliant that's it so that was good I um, loved it the second one was um, at the end when um, Ian shoots the bandito and he craps himself that was the, oh, yeah. uh, that, was the that was the other part but two, two laughs in a movie that like coming back to the characters what did you think of the chemistry between Eric Banner and Ricky Gervais as like you know it's kind of like a buddy comedy you got these two who are buddies what do you think of the chemistry between those two See, I, I didn't love it, and that's why I was thinking about, oh, who else? Who There are so many other people you could have put in those roles. Mm-hmm. Eric Banner was incredibly replaceable in this yeah. film, mm-hmm. incredibly. And he, he did a fine job. It was it, like it didn't bother me, but anyone yeah. could have done it. But, but if, if you wanted to make it a real funny movie, I'd be like, <clears throat> put Mark Wahlberg and Will, um, Will Ferrell. That's a great, but yeah. 
It's a great combo. <laughs> I mean, that combo could have mm. made this film funny. Yeah, but they've done it, and you know you can't just keep rehashing that. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than this shit. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a so-so. Chemistry yeah, too. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, I, I enjoyed this movie, but their their chemistry was it was okay, but it wasn't great. Like another guy's yeah. kind of. Um, duo of, of but that Robert changes everything. This, this is a Ricky Abs- Gervais absolutely film. Does. Yes. It's a Ricky Gervais yeah. film with that Ricky yeah. Gervais humor. I, mm. Straight away, one of his first lines mm. was talking about um, how he he's twenty five percent fat, which is more than some snacks. <laughs> yeah. and straight away, like that, that's that makes it's you smile. Yeah. Like he's, he's charming and he's, mm. he's makes you smile. Doesn't make you laugh. But I don't think this film was set out to be a laugh out loud knee slapper. I agree. Okay, but there was some moments. <laughs> Then what's the point of what about you? when what's America Ferrero was asking uh, Eric Banner if he knew all these particular celebrities <laughs> yeah. <who> shooting, <laughs> the just going through the magazine <laughs> and saying, do you know him do you know him again a lot of racial stereotyping there. yeah absolutely <laughs> you're white you must know this person yeah. <laughs> um, I had a question the the scene where they decide to, that they're going to go across America to the west coast to get a boat to go to mm-hmm. Ecuador the car that, are, that they were in, I couldn't find it anyway, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of Eric Banner's cars. I know he loves his cars and he collects Oh, his really? Cars. That's Interesting. It's just a thought I had. I couldn't find anything anyway, but I reckon that that could have been um, one of Eric Banner's cars because I know that he, he he's a good, like, he collects cars. Um, so, yeah, I, I just thought the, the style and the look of the car was like, why would you pick that? Like, that's, it was a really nice sort of um, mm. vintage sort of car. So, that to me, um, I was like thinking about that the whole time. Yeah, it's good. It's a good um, thought. Were any other scenes that stood out to you or stayed in your mind? Oh, there were some good scenes in here. Um, here we go. Here we go. My, look, my favourite scene was the shootout at the end when they're getting out of the kidnapper's cabin and you got Motorhead's Ace of Spades playing in the background as they're shooting their way out. Love that scene. Probably more because of Ace of Spades. Yeah. But I, I, I really enjoyed that scene of them shooting it out you know, with Motorhead playing. That was great. For me, I actually, there weren't too many specific scenes that stood out. And I think that stands to the point that I actually thought the film was really well paced. Um, the plot continued to develop really nicely. And whenever we'd sort of been sick of one situation, it just moved on to the next situation. Yep. And, and a lot of that was to do with the lie getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yep. Um, and I think that was really nice. And as I said, I don't think any scene mm. was, the, was the big, you know, this is, this is our big scene. But I, I do like the way it just kept moving on nicely and it yeah. kept me engrossed. And every single time I was kind of about, oh, where's this going now? And it, it was eventually quite a predictable film. It was. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of necessary for it to go down yeah. that path as well. If it wasn't predictable, if, it, if they didn't get kidnapped in Ecuador at some point, yeah. it, would have felt, it would have felt flat. Yeah. Like, that had to happen. Yeah. And even though we saw it coming, <laughs> yeah. I think it still had to happen. I thought the opening scene was really good. Eric Banner walking down the street where he gets the toy, takes the badge oh, off yeah. to walk into the crime scene. I thought that was really clever. <laughs> I really like that. I'm like, oh, it's a good start to the movie. I'm going to enjoy this, I reckon. That could have, that straight away from that scene, I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this. It could have this. almost been a totally different movie. Like, oh, absolutely. It could like have. it starts yeah. off, it's like, oh, this is a, yeah. a journalist who pretends he's a cop to get yeah. the inside goss. And you could have had a whole film on that character. Well, for a while, I thought that's what was, was going to happen. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to happen. But that, set, that also set Frank up as the main character for me. Yeah. Like, this is the man. This is the yeah. guy we're following. Um, How good was it when Ian ate the cocaine paper <laughs> in the prison? <laughs> Uh, I funny know. very uh, funny I didn't, I didn't laugh uh, I already had just laugh then <laughs> the one thing that really got me um, the scene where they filmed the hostage video 
they put it on a USB and they're like, oh, you got to run across the street and put it in the letterbox. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously. Why not one of the cafe owners yeah. do that? Yeah. Or like... Post it. Surely the FBI are probably going to say, oh, I've got a ransom video. Where was this filmed? Oh, it was recorded in America. Yeah. Like, it just didn't make sense. Not to mention that nothing actually happened in that scene. They could have just cut it. Like, he went to the letterbox, put it in and left. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting that to happen. Him, they showed him hesitate with, yeah. like, pretending he's in disguise. I thought something was going to happen. My big thing oh. of that was just, why did he have to go put it in the letterbox? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't one of the cafe owners because... You know, if they see him, it's like, it's all done. Why not send someone else out? Just yeah. seems silly that he would be the one to have to go and do it. Yeah. Was, yeah. You, also, <laughs> I mean, I understand you probably need some fresh air, but I had a balcony, but why are they walking around on the street to begin with? That it's was, just, that was it's such a bigger risk. Like if you're doing this, you know, obviously it's a, it's a massive why, massive thing they're doing. And then they're out walking on the street, just hoping they don't get seen. And I, I, at one point, Eric Banner says, you know, we need some fresh air and stuff. But you saw... Um, Ricky Gervais at one point putting up like a cell like just so that they had a little outdoor balcony when they yeah, had, they had fresh air. Yeah. It just it was just a silly risk for those characters to take. The given, scene wasn't even that. Like yeah, like no. given kind of the importance of what they're doing, it's just just such I, a, a I, silly I thing there was to like do. Two reasons that they did that, like obviously one was for the development of that whole um, Ian liking his comic book characters and stuff because I stopped at that shop window to look at that yep. comic. So yep, obviously true. that added to yep. him having those values that his wife had then sell off, blah, blah, yep. blah, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff and him being a bit of a nerd. The, and I think the other one was that so that they could get a copy of the newspaper and see themselves on the front of the newspaper That's so true. they knew. Yep. So, yep. so yeah, they could have done that another way. They could have done it another way, obviously, but yeah. I think that was probably an easy way for them to add a couple of extra little developments in there. Yeah. Um, I did actually like the scene where they were watching Eleanor on TV and Ian actually admitted, like, he's like, oh, my wife's a bitch. Yeah. Like, yeah. when he actually finally gets on the same wavelength as the audience, um, and yeah. I feel like as an audience member, you, you get excited for him because um, he can sort of move on and actually find some proper motivation as opposed to being in his little weird slump. But I'd actually just love the juxtaposition of them lounging around on the couch while they're watching this show about these guys who are abducted and they're hostage and they're just sitting there <laughs> like anyone would be watching it and then the humour as well comes from the fact that America Ferreira starts to believe the story yeah. she's like I just want them to get them out of there and send the dollar to them and <laughs> I know you're rolling, you're rolling your eyes I can't see my eyes my eyes are telling you a different but the story fact, the fact is that I, fi- I find that role that she played difficult to play and that comedic timing really difficult to do and I think they both did it really well the, that scene another thing that I reckon we should talk about how many opportunities, and I feel like it got drawn out way too much, was there for Frank to tell Ian that he slept with his wife? Yeah. I feel like they I drew that out. where they, that came. Like, that didn't even really have to come into it in the no. end. But, like, there were so many times where it was like, oh, he's going to tell him now, he's going to tell him yeah, now. Yeah, I, I, didn't thought that, I thought that too, yeah. Initially, I thought this is going to be, when they got buddied together, I'm like, this is going to be, you know, a bit of turmoil, it's going to yeah. come up. But it actually never really mattered. And when he finally told... Uh, when he finally told him, it didn't matter. Like yeah. they were, they were in, a, yeah. Yeah. And he already in Ecuador, in yeah. jail. He already hated her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was nothing on the line anymore. They weren't sure if they were going to live. And yeah, that was a that was kind mm. of an odd decision to even do it in the first place. Like he didn't actually need that. I, I, I guess that also points more to like the the selfishness of um of Frank. You know, like might die, so I want to go with a with a with a clear conscience. conscience. Yeah. No matter how it's going to make you feel, yeah, I need to tell you this. Well, we spoke mm-hmm. earlier about how we didn't think that Frank's character really evolved or developed or had any self growth. What about Ian? No, that was my. I don't think. I don't think he did either. Um, no. I think at the end of the day, it was it was set up for him to develop. Yeah. Um, and on the surface, he kind of does because mm. he takes that cocaine, he leaves his wife, 
But yeah. he never actually felt like he was changing. It was more just used as plot development than character development. Yeah, I thought th- more like when he was talking about, hey, oh, he's, he's done these, um, he's reported on the Olympics and things like that. He's like, oh, no, it's all from, all from the office. He's never left. So I guess the fact that he did actually go out and have to go out kind of, you know, like we talked about last week in the movie of Pee Wee, like stepping out of your comfort zone. I felt, mm-hmm. you know, he had to step out of his comfort zone a bit to actually, you know, go out to Ecuador. So I guess that was that little bit, but can you see, there wasn't much... He just seemed like the same character at the start than he yeah. was at the end. Oh, I don't like. I feel like there was there was a little bit of growth in him because, like you like you said, he had to. He set up that whole studio in that above the restaurant for them. So he was the one that was clever enough to organize that. He was the one who had all the special effects for Frank. So Frank wouldn't have been able to do or play the, the whole fake story without correct him yep. being there. And then obviously they get to they get to Ecuador. Oh, sorry, he stands up to his wife. And he says, take the money 50-50. So he decides, you know, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm going to mm-hmm. stand up to you, take the money. Gets to Ecuador, obviously stands up, does the cocaine, defeats the bad guys. And then when they arrive, you know, he gets off. Yes, Frank says he's the hero. He's the real one that's done all this. But then he does that, there's that coffee thing where he goes and buys the coffee for, that, for the chick as well. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, they tried. They but tried that, that, that's, that's, I agree they tried, but I didn't feel it in the character because everything you just said then was a different plot point that someone had to do something and he did it because it, it just fit in with the plot as opposed to him actually changing as a character. I, that's, that, that's how I felt about it. Like, literally felt like the same guy at the end that it was at the, start. the start. He just had different circumstances. Different, yeah, different perspectives. Different people. Mm. So, yeah. I, I mean, they do, obviously, the, the, the film finishes with him walking away I think that was cute and I I like the fact that it was awkward because the characters didn't fit in with having like a big kiss or a big hug celebration Um, and that was nice but do you guys were you guys hoping that there'd be a bit more of a public snub of Eleanor at that point I know it it wasn't within his character to be like oh no I'm not your wife and I know he did that like back away when she tried to give him a hug but she's there talking about her new album and she's in front of the media it would have been nice for them to be like you guys aren't actually together. I kind of wanted to... Yeah, I think it would have been good. I guess it's also kind of would have been risky because she knew that they weren't really kidnapped, so you never know how she might react and be like, oh, you know, suppose, yeah. they could out them. But yeah, I would have liked some kind of blowback on how, how much of a yeah. bad person Eleanor was. Yeah. Um, so we've sort of briefly touched on it, mentioned it. So the whole, the whole thing of this fake news... Mm-hmm. Mm. massive massive sort of thing with this fake news so what, what do you believe what don't you believe when you see sort of media coverage and what, what can you believe so mm. I think they highlighted that really well with the the reporter on TV yeah. who's like you know just oh yeah I know they heard about him for a few days like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they just created this you know this yeah, and it was, it was just make believe make believe so um, what were they trying to say about the news like it's criticism yeah it's yeah. criticism of the way the, the, the industry behaves but I thought it worked well as a, as a nice motive for the film as well. Yeah, do you, I took it? I took a little bit of another approach with it as well. I felt like they were sort of um, making a bit of a critique of radio as well. Almost there are a couple of couple of scenes where, like you know, they said radio is a dead technology and and things like that. So um, yeah, it was weird. Sort of you've seen this progress, and I feel like they were pumping television up. Like all mm-hmm. the things Eleanor did were on TV, um, magazines, photo shoots, and that sort of thing. So I reckon. Um, but the only way they were relevant on radio is because nobody else got into the border. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they even made that point when they were like the highest um, media station in the in the city or something. Like, we never thought we'd be here. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, I guess that also it also seems strange that they would even send them in the first place to Ecuador <laughs> for a, just a local radio station yeah. to send guys to Ecuador 
just seemed like a weird decision just in general for them to even be sent there. <laughs> True. But maybe that's because the the, the way they're trying to show it yeah. is there aren't that many radio stations around anymore. Yeah. Radio, radios, yeah. But weren't they even talking at the start when um, when Frank and Eleanor met at the bar when he was like, so why radio? Why, why did you choose radio? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So, um, good, bad... This one got me thinking, um, and I suppose this is a question I can pose to you guys in general. At what point do you back out of a lie? Were you were you mm. watching this film expecting them to back out at any point? Because they had plenty of opportunities to get out of it, and they kept making it worse for themselves. Um, you know, how else could that have played out? I loved it, and I thought yeah. I was continuously thinking about when they were going to pull out, and I knew they probably weren't. But how else? How else could they have played this? And at what point could it have still been feasible for them to? I, I think pretty early on, like, they had to do it. Otherwise, it just went yeah. too far. Like, one, yeah, one, once they did, I think, that, that first report, and the second report, it's kind of like, no, you've gone too far now. There's You go back now, and it's like, what on earth have you been doing there? What were you thinking? I reckon kind of once they got in, I mean, it just kept escalating, and they just couldn't. Get to the embassy. Yeah. I yeah. think there was only one scene, too, where they sort of had that reflection where... Um, where Ian was like, oh, you know, we've gone too far. I mean, I've done it sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas, like, that could have been fed, you know, a little bit more throughout the whole thing. Like, that's just a little bit of yeah. regrets about what they were doing yeah. the whole time. Yeah, a bit more regret yeah. involved, yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one, though, because, yeah, they once they were in, they were in. There was, there was no no real way to back out, because if mm-hmm. they did, they'd lose their, their you know, they'll never work again. Yeah. I look, I, I actually kind of wish there had been more of a brainstorm about what they could have done. They kind of, like, they kind of glossed over that really quickly. They were yeah. just like, oh, what can we do? What can we do? Oh, let's just set it up here and do it. Um, that, so it could have been more like halfway through, they would have been like, oh, if we just had done this that we spoke about, but it never really got to that point. Mm-hmm. Um but it, yeah, the the lie spiraling out of control was probably the best part of the film. Yeah, that was what oh, kept you engaged and was, kept was fantastic. progressing yeah. the plot. And, yeah, um, it was very enjoyable. I just thought the whole thing was pretty corny. Yeah, I can honest. see that. Massively corny, like <laughs> mm. just these two guys that completely <laughs> different characters. It's like just the perfect setup that you know, very unrealistic. Well, yeah. to, to me, it feels like a, a relaxed comedy. Yeah. Um, and you don't actually get overly invested in it. Um, and the characters don't really develop, as I sort of spoke about. There was no massive romantic ending that was... Or a storyline with a romantic ending that get any oxygen. But mm. all in all, there was no real massive investment required by the viewer. And it didn't, yeah. it didn't draw you in. Yeah. But I still think it was enjoyable enough to sit yeah. there and watch and enjoy and see it all unfold. Yeah. If, if Frank died, I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> if he had got killed with an echo, yeah. I wouldn't have cared. Oh, I don't know. But I mean, I'm not like I didn't, I didn't care about him enough as a character. Yeah, he's literally mm-hmm. like he hadn't done anything good, good in the in the film. No. Everything he'd done was based on being deceiving, uh, you know, deceiving people. Yeah, or, yeah, he wasn't a good bloke. Yeah. And the, no, he wasn't. But that's the thing. It got to the point where what what why was he was he just there as a vehicle for Ian Finch's character to to move through? Because as I said, he doesn't change at all, uh, Frank. And what's the what's the point of it then? Is it a comparison? This is how different they those characters are. Mm. Yeah, well, they are. They're completely, completely separate. Because you're right. I don't really care for him. I would have been. I don't. I don't think I would have enjoyed him to die. Yeah, I didn't want him to die, but <laughs> I guess I can I'm, see I'm a point. Saying, I, I can see a point of view. Yeah. yeah, not saying I wanted. You know, you weren't, like, yeah. you weren't you're invested, invested in much no. in this film. Yeah. You're right, you're not invested in much. Nah, it's just it's just really easy just to sit there and, and watch. I just thought it was enjoyable. I mean, I thought you know it was a bit predictable, a bit obvious yeah. of how it was going to turn out. Um, you know, some, I didn't, 
I didn't get when they escape and the other prisoners are there like you know, the, the ones that were serving them food that opened the gate why didn't they escape too I thought that as well they, Especially, just, they just stayed there the bloke who opened the gate yeah. is the guy who gave what, them food why don't they jump on why don't they jump on they stop and jump on what, they're just there cheering them going yeah, yeah get free well done. why didn't they escape yeah, yeah I thought that too. that was weird I thought that would have been nice to see yeah. them jump on the back also like the uh, the captors the rebels spoke English to each other the whole time. <laughs> They're talking about how they, they mentioned quite a few times how they speak Spanish in Ecuador. Yet the, cap, the, the rebels speak English yeah. to each other, and that I mean it was just a bit Wouldn't weird. Cost for me. Me too much to yeah. subtitle. Yeah, put subtitles in, but it has gone the cheap way. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, this one just seemed a bit cheap. I was like, oh, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't quite fit in there. <laughs> it probably fit with the way the film was that yeah. really laid back mm. comedy. And would, so, would it have made any difference watching this on the big screen or? you know any time of day that you'd recommend watching it not really I can I mean in terms of the big screen I think I would have still enjoyed it on the big screen yeah I think it would have been on the big yeah. screen the, uh, the Ace of Spades would have been great blasting <laughs> yeah, the speakers um, I, 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 for me it was just really enjoyable to watch kind of sit down at any time and just relax for an hour and a half two hours whatever, whatever we went for and just enjoyed it yeah. it's a pretty classic Netflix kind of film yeah. mm. it, it's, it's in the right environment mm. it's a good film I'd say doing the ironing don't need to focus too much you, know, you <laughs> want to focus on ironing your clothes and not worry about what's and let's not take away from the, the Ricky Gervais wit like he's yeah. a funny man he, he does is. it so well he does um, and, yeah. he, and he's still got it in this like he still yeah. makes it chuckle so IMDB any stage where you had to look up Anything? I I jumped on when they had the rival reporter in Ecuador because I thought he was he's just a classic. I have seen him in so many things. I can't remember his name, but I've seen him in everything. So I had to jump on just to look at his name. It was Benjamin Bratt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was one. I'm like, I've seen you in like 15 <laughs> different things. I know exactly who you are. I just don't know what your name is. Did you, see, did you see any of the things that he was in where you were like, oh, that's what I was he, He's free some snitch and war and order. He was in miscongeniality and traffic. And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've seen all these things. I just got no idea what your name was. Just, just can't quite break it. Yeah. If you're in miscongeniality, yeah. <laughs> when did you jump on it, MJ? Just, as I said before, with Brigida for, yep. American, for America Ferreira with uh, mm-hmm. Sister of the Traffic Pants. What about I, you, Jesse? Uh, I got on during when they arrived in Ecuador because I was like, oh, this sort of location, like where, like I thought maybe it was filmed in Hawaii or somewhere. Cause obviously they, so I don't know the only place I could find where they'd film was New York and Toronto. So yeah, New York and Toronto. So it's yeah. a nice sort of uh, green, luscious tropical sort of location that they've obviously just created somewhere. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, mm-hmm. was, I thought that was interesting. Um, uh, I've got a hypothetical question for you boys. Yes, good. Please. I like it. Whether it's a week, a month, years, are they ever found out? Does someone slip up at some point talking about something down the track? Do you reckon they're ever found out? Mm. Or is it maybe maybe or is the secret stay with them? The only person have to, they'd have to <laughs> Eleanor and Eleanor should drop it somewhere. Does, yeah, or, or does Finch tell Claire once they get together and says, Hey, I've actually got to tell you something? Yeah, do you reckon it ever happens? Have they ever found out? Maybe they need a sequel so we can find it. Mm, maybe. Special Him and Claire might not even work. Yeah, I can't see it. I can't see it happening. No. But either way, um, I think if you're talking about logically, then 100% they would have got found out. <laughs> have to be somewhere. Um, but yeah, I never thought of that. Mm. Didn't bother me either. Yeah, like the guys that they gave the money to for the boat. Yeah. Surely that would have been... But like, they were just cruising yeah. around in a car yeah. for yeah. obviously what took a day or two. Um, no one recognised them across the no, trip. they didn't even try and like cover their faces. faces. And they're like headline news. Yeah. These guys are missing. Yeah. No, it's two movies in a row we've had a, a character driving across the country <laughs> <laughs> these films are all 
It's very true. And, and whilst we're talking about similarities, did my dog bark in this movie? <laughs> oh, here we go. Yes, he did when there were horses in Ecuador. Yeah. Um, so we did pretty well for most of this movie. He, was, he enjoyed it for most of it, but when the horses were there, he really wanted a slice of that. <laughs> so the, I've got a question. So the, the film, when it's talking about journalism, it's talking about you've got substance versus style. Obviously, Frank is all about the style. He's all about yep. handing up the story, talking about the story, making it sound... He's um, very good at it too. Yeah, he's a storyteller. He's a storyteller. So, so what's the difference between a news or someone who actually delivers the news and a storyteller? Or are they both the same thing? Well, in this day and age... Yeah, it's um, tricky. Mm. It's really tricky because... In this day and age, news is a 150 character tweet yeah. um, saying something's happened. And the quickest person to get it out. Yeah, and it's no longer that mm. stage where you, you fact check and you look at yeah. um, you know, your sources and those sorts of things. Yeah. You want to be the first to get it out, so you're the first. Which is why substance does better, because if yeah. you get that wrong, yeah. then you've lost well, all credibility. Whereas Frank obviously more more the showman and obviously was happy to make up the lies yeah. just to, you know, because of his image, he wanted to be that big. Although you know, it, was big Finch, it was Finch's idea to make up the lie. It was. He was the one that said, let's create oh, it. So. True. But then like at the start, he obviously was able to come up with that story about the Russian about the gang war and stuff for the murder yeah Yeah. so yeah very interesting um I reckon it's almost time to tell us our ratings talk about what we've given the film out of five Peter go for it sure um yeah so I I enjoyed this movie um it had me laughing um quite a bit obviously Matthew I think it it dragged out a bit and a a few kind of holes here and there but overall I really enjoyed the movie I gave it a three out of five good MJ? I really enjoyed the idea of that lie continuing to spiral out of control. Um, and generally, it was an enjoyable storyline. It's probably at the right timing in the world when you consider the ability to work remotely and that pack mentality of the media. Um, and for me, yeah, pretty easy three stars. Oh, good. Um, I struggled at times. I thought it was corny. The story made sense. The acting was okay. So like, I'm not going to completely write it off, but I feel like that... Yeah, there were stages throughout that I really struggled to get through because of just it was an awkward placement of these of you know Ricky Gervais and Eric Banner. So two out of five for me. When you were saying that sentence, I struggled to get through because of awkward. Yeah. If I'm gonna cut that down, I could have said you're talking about Pee Wee. Pee Wee's big holiday. <laughs> we could we could But you gave yeah. Pee Wee three? I did give Pee Wee three and I gave this two, so okay. for me, um, I think that yeah, Pee Wee had a bit more um, underneath the, the story than. I'm story. sorry to bring back last week's one because obviously it, it's still it's still staying it's still with raw, me. it's still stuck, um, still stuck in your mind. <laughs> yeah, this one I felt like it had the had the idea of that fake news and the issues that you can have with fake news, but I feel like it didn't really play with it at all. It was just literally let's try and make jokes that weren't funny with two awkward characters. Yeah, so, I can see that. I, yeah. And yeah, Ricky Gervais certainly. If if you like him, you'll enjoy it. I do. I do like him too, and I think he's good. I haven't seen. Has anyone here seen the? One where he plays David um, Brent oh, as the musician, the life of the Yeah, the one. Oh, I haven't no, seen that. Haven't either, seen so that no. Maybe that will provide me with uh, some more entertaining laughs with, rather than him with Eric Banner. <laughs> so that, that averaged out to a 2.7 out of 5. 2.7 out of 5 Not overall too bad. for the film. Not too bad at all. Um, so that pretty much brings us to the end of our episode today. Um, on social media, we'd ask you to follow us where you can on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We are at Flix Forum. Um, this week, we're going to have a question on there and we want to know, are we all vulnerable to fake news? So it's a good topic of conversation that we can have this week on our social media platforms. 
Next week, we're going to be looking at the 2016 action comedy, The Do-Over, starring Adam Sandler and David Spade. So um, we hope that you can get some time this week to watch the film so you can join in next week with our discussion. So next week's episode six. So it's two of the first six films were the Sandler ones. Yeah. Sandler yeah. Ones yeah. Really so bought into him. They did. And they need, I think they needed a big star to, to set up next yeah, week. So, think, yeah, yeah. Smart and I'm sure we'll probably talk about that a bit more, more next week. But thanks again, guys. Hope you've enjoyed the sidebar. Yeah, thanks, guys. Been great. Been Thank great. you very much. Been good. We'll see, see you all next week. week. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.